have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we are going to be discussing the other way. So, we don't have any hot goss to talk about, and we don't have any memes really to talk about either, but there will be one meme that will be posted to the socials. Um, But other than that, we're going to jump into the reason that we are here. The Other Way, Season 5, Episode 9, Sharper and the City. Lord. So it's a great segue into Shekinah and Sarper. So she will be moving in a few days to Turkey, but before that, she has to have a very serious conversation with a man named Berto, I'm guessing Roberto, who is her ex-boyfriend and the father of her daughter. So she met him when she was 23 years old, um, and uh, they had their daughter together. He's 27 years her senior. And they broke up when, uh, this, not long after her daughter was born. Tells us that he currently lives in Costa Rica, where he has a hotel that he owns, which we do find out later on that he actually sold the hotel. So anyway, um, she tells him, Berto, about Sarper. So I'm not even sure if he had any details about this guy before. Um, and she tells him that she'll be moving to Turkey. He's shocked. He thinks it's fast. He then says, I can't change your mind. You've made that up already. But you have a daughter. And she is not your first priority right now. She says that she is because she's trying to show her what a healthy relationship looks like. Ma'am, I understand here what you're doing. But that's not what he meant. You're literally putting dick before your daughter by moving to a completely different country. Dick that is not even fucking worth it in my view. I don't care if he's good in bed. Like, this guy is disgusting. And how it hasn't fallen off, I don't know. We'll get to it. She says that she, her daughter will have a break every five weeks from school. So she will be coming back to the States to spend time with her. So you're trying to tell me that you're going to waste your money to go to America every five weeks when she's on break? As far as I'm fucking concerned, this man has nothing holding him to Turkey. You have something holding you to the States, though, and that is your daughter. He should be moving to you. That's personally my thought process here. They're both in the wrong here. He's happy that he sold his hotel so that he can spend as much time there with his daughter as he can. And she says, yeah, that's, that's 
you know, that's great. It's great that you sold the hotels. It's perfect timing. Because then she says in her in the moment that she feels like this is a double standard um, because he was able to take off to Costa Rica um, and not be around as much as he needed to be. Now, listen, I don't agree with that either. His daughter's in the States. Why does he have to be in Costa Rica? Can he not point appoint somebody in charge? They can take care of things and he goes back and forth every so often if need be. Your daughter's here. Why are you there? I do agree with that. But it also doesn't mean that I agree that you should be taking off for dick. He's taking off for work. You're taking off for dick. There's a difference. Um, so I do have a problem with both of their parenting styles. But anyways, I'm not their I'm not her daughter's parent, so I'm just gonna have my opinion and that's it. So now we are in Turkey with Sarper. We see him doing a photo shoot. And we see kitties. I don't know. Like at first I saw the kitties. I'm like, where are we? Of course we're in Turkey. Um, so he says he's been modeling for a year. He likes to expose his body. He says he's obsessed with his body. He says he was also an exotic dancer for seven years. His parents weren't happy about that. So he quit. <laughs> um, so then he became a personal trainer instead. Um, he was licensed as of 10 years ago to be a personal trainer, but he is just now starting to take it seriously in the last year. Then his friend shows up and he tells his friend that she's going to be coming to Turkey. He says, you know, what attracted him to her was that her name, it was unique. And um, her pictures, they were all so different. She looks like Darcy. <laughs> They're not that different. Especially in LA standards, that's not different. Anyway, he just thought it would be like a one-night stand type situation. Um, after the first night, she wanted to see him the next night. And he remembers it so vividly. The reason he remembers this so vividly is because he was actually with two women that day. And then he was also sick. This is disgusting. Ugh. And he said he did try to cancel with um, Shekinah, but she just insisted on coming over and taking care of him. Girl, he made you look like a fool. You're going over there to take care of him. Yes, you think he's sick, but he literally just fucked two women. He literally just fucked two women. He made you look like a fucking idiot. Anyways, let's continue. He also fucked her that night as well. And he said it was phenomenal, I guess. So he, you're trying, and again, it's not a judgment. Okay. We've all done it. We've all been there. We've had sex with multiple people in a day um, at some point in our lives. But eventually that stops. Eventually we, you know, that stops. This man has been doing it for as long as he's been sexually active. Multiple women a day. He didn't expect to see her again after that, but then she came back um, just to see him. And he said that, that week changed his life. I wonder if this is more serious for her than it is for him. Honestly, the way he worded this. Um, he's happy that she's coming. He says to his friend that he has been with probably about 2,500 women. How his dick isn't falling off, I don't, I really don't know. That's disgusting. Um, he says, he refers to women he's been with as dates, but they're not dates. They're one night stands. Those are not dates. That's just getting your dick wet, basically. Ew. Um, so he then starts to mention that he's danced at about 600 bachelorette parties and the brides wanted to fuck him. So as long as they were pretty, he would fuck them. Ew. You on both sides. It's disgusting. And I don't, I don't even understand the fascination. He, his, okay. His body is phenomenal, but I'm not attracted to the face. I don't get it. Probably sucks. Anyway. Um, she says he doesn't, but I, I can't believe that. I'm sorry. 
Um, he has been he has been rejecting women now, right? He's also he's been trying to be loyal. And y'all, he's only been loyal for 75 days. I'm sorry, but I'm not great at math, but my math is not mathing. You guys have been together for five months, but you've only been faithful for just a little over two months. Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, he's never gone this long without having sex with somebody before. You're just sick. Um, his friend says that he doubts that this relationship will actually last long. I also agree. I think she's an absolute fool. I, th- she's a fool. He's he's disgusting. I'm sorry. Um, he says it's not easy to give up the bad boy lifestyle. Um, it's going to be hard, he says, but he's going to do it somehow. He doesn't know how. We'll see. It's not going to last. He's not, he's not going to be faithful to her. Anyway, that's it for Shekinah and Zarper for this week. So next we are with Kimberly and TJ. So she's going to be attempting to drive. They uh, do drive on the opposite side in in India. So they are going to be heading to the wedding venue. She says that she wants to learn how to drive by herself in India um, because she says if I want to go out and do something, she basically doesn't want to have to rely on TJ to take her there. She wants to be able to be independent. So, you know, we see her driving and at one point she kind of says to TJ, see, I'm not a bad driver. And just as she says that, she tries to bypass what looked like a taxi. I'm not sure. Um, and hits them. Scrapes right past them. My question is, why did she do that? Why did she do that? Why didn't she just stay where she was? Um, so... He will be taking over the driving now. He gets, they get, they're going to be pulling over, but in his, in the, in the moment, she says, there are no rules in India. And he says, wait, what? No, there, there are rules in India. She said, what rules? The only rule that I know of is that you can't hit a cow because they are spiritual beings. So he says, yeah, that's the rule. So he gets out of the car. He's going to be going over to the driver's side. As he's making his way there, we do see a dent on the car. And uh look more like a, like a bad scratch on the car than a dent. But it's hard to tell, really. But he is not going to bring anything up to her because he doesn't want her to fight. Um, so, yeah, that's that. So they get to the venue and she tells us that there will be some ceremonies that will be happening in the last two days before the wedding um, at the actual venue. She tells us that her dream wedding would have been in the forest with hanging lights on the trees, candles and lots of white with ballet pink accents. I think that sounds like very, you know, mystical. Um, but she seems happy with what's happening here at this venue. She has no issues with the pink, obviously. She just doesn't want hot pink. They seem to be in agreement with this, so that's good. She says she feels a lot better, but he is worried because she likes to have perfection and they show the scene with the baseboard situation in the apartment when she got there the first day. Um, so he's worried that she will find something that she doesn't like on the day of the actual wedding and, you know, ruin the day. And the next scene we have with them, um, he comes upstairs. I don't know if he's already up there, but he comes upstairs and he says, let's go downstairs. Let's have a conversation with Yash and my parents, let's settle things. So apparently Yash has been telling the, his parents that 
um, that he feels that TJ has been taking Kimberly's side of what's been going on. And he says, I haven't really been taking a side. I just want peace. Well, he's been taking a side. He's been taking Kimberly's side. Um, so even though he may not necessarily be taking a side or he says he's not taking a side, it, it does come across as that's what he's doing. That's what he should be doing. Um, but the fact that his family and Yash feel like he should not be taking Kimberly's side is absolutely ridiculous. And that's why he's single and mom and dad don't sleep in the same bedroom anymore. Um, so they go downstairs and she does walk in the room. And the first thing she says to them is namaste. They say nothing back to her. So we're already going in on an issue here. They can't even acknowledge her coming into the room. His mom then starts saying, why is she dressed this way? She shouldn't be dressed this way. She should have more manners. She'd be respecting her elders. Her father-in-law's in the room. So you're trying to tell me her father-in-law can't control himself. She's. Uh, we'll get to it, but here's what I'll say about it. If there was an issue with what she's wearing, TJ should have told her first and foremost. But with that being said, it's not even so much about the culture thing because I don't like how they're addressing the situation. But I wouldn't walk into my, you know, parent-in-law's home and with cut-up jeans um, or a short skirt or, or short dress or whatever. You need to present yourself in such a way. And that should, it is not so much to not be comfortable, but no one's saying you can't wear jeans, but why does it have to be jeans? Even if they were like cut up jeans, that is still, you know, nice and not so much in your face. This is not the case here. They practically the jeans are, are no longer like jeans. <laughs> Let's be very real. That's my perspective. I wouldn't dress like that in front of any man's parents. It's just a respect thing. But how his parents, well, his mother and Yash is acting in the moment. It's like, this is not the biggest problem that we need to be dealing with. How she's dressed is not the biggest problem. She does come down there. She puts the blanket on over her, which is kind of an interesting thing to see because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so you know you shouldn't be dressed like that then because why would you instantly go and cover yourself when you get down there? So you know this. But she's now covered. So can we deal with the situation at hand, which is this argument between her and Yash, not the fact that she's wearing something that maybe you don't agree with. We do kind of find out here um, from TJ that she has dressed like this before. Um, so he says, you know, what, what's the problem now? Well, the problem is, is that they're mad at her because of something your brother said. That's what the problem is. They're starting an argument over something that doesn't need to be argued about. Um, so he's like, can we end this? Can we move on to something else? Um, it doesn't appear so, though, because they keep going about her clothing. Um, they say then that, you know, she was acting obnoxious when Yash took her to the store. Well, how do you know this? Because they're getting a one-sided um, thing here from what happened at the, on that day. He was not acting right. I'm not saying she was either, but she was defending herself. And, you know, that's what it comes down to. He was acting nowhere near as better as she was. He's not innocent in this, but guaranteed he has told his parents that he was, he spun it in such a way where he's making himself look innocent, which is then why his parents are having an issue that he is taking Kimberly's side. So they then say, you know, or his mom says, his mom is the one that's really talking the most here. Um, she says that 
her saying like, don't touch me. Um, and they say, you know, if she makes like these baseless accusations, they could go straight to jail. Okay. I think there's a problem here. Okay. She wasn't saying in such a way of like, don't touch me because he is coming onto her and she, and that is something she doesn't want to deal with. That's not what happened. Right. And I'm sure he spun it to make it seem that way because I don't trust this guy. But at the end of the day, he touched her in such a way because he's trying to end this argument. Uh, although now is not the time to put your hands on anybody, especially in an argument. She had asked you nicely. She didn't yell. Can I point this out? I think the problem is, is that I don't know if the mom thinks she yelled it, but that's not what happened. She very calmly said, please don't touch me. She is allowed to say to a person, please don't touch me if she doesn't want to be touched. The fact that you think that that is a baseless accusation shows the problem in the country. Sorry, I'm going to put it out there. I know what she's saying. I understand what she's trying to say here. That's not what happened here. She wasn't saying that he was, you know, being inappropriate with her. That was never what happened. But the problem is, is I don't trust him. I think that is how he spun it. And she wanted to sit here and say, we, we treated her like a daughter. Well, then you're not listening to her side of the story. You haven't talked to her. You haven't tried to talk to her to find out what happened. You're just taking his side instantly without asking what happened. I, I I had a huge problem here with this whole situation. At the end of the day, a woman is allowed to say to anyone, don't touch me and it be respected. That if all things that happen in that conversation, that's one thing that should not continuously be carried over. Yash says in this moment that TJ doesn't get it. TJ loses his mind and says, you shut your mouth. And y'all, the sideways glance that Yash gives him actually gave me life. Um, Because it was that look of, the fuck's your problem? (laughs) Kind of look. Like, I could care less what you have to say here. Kind of look. Um, mom says, why are you dragging him into this? And TJ, like the rest of us says, he's the one interfering, not me. That's true. And this moment, Kim gets up and she leaves. Yash says it's better that she gets out of here anyway. Kind of, you know, TJ tells him to be careful. The mom says, do you always want to fight? Ma'am, who started this argument? Your son or you? You can't sit here and say, oh, he wants, because if it wasn't about the pants, it would have been something else that you would have had a, a fight about. And yeah, he came down there with the intention of trying to settle things with the family and Kimberly. You went into this to start arguing about her fucking pants pick your battles. The battle at hand right now is not what she's wearing, but what happened. So don't sit here and act holier than thou and say, all you don't want to do is fight, but you started the fight. Kimberly didn't say a word except for namaste. She didn't say anything else. Are you kidding me? He says, I came down to, to like talk. You're being obnoxious. And we kind of are with Kim She's sitting on the stairs and she says that this is what she was worried about. She didn't want to be yelled at or about in a language that she doesn't understand. Yash says that he is, or she is, I don't even know now, is abusing everyone. No, I think that's you, Yash. I think you're confused. Um, You're twisting and turning and manipulating. So that's, that's kind of you. Um, Kim says that she will not live in a toxic environment. She has had to do this before with her with her parents. She will not do it again. And we kind of hear Yash yelling that, oh, she's walking around naked. What? 
you're clearly single, sir, because if you think that's naked, my God. Um, TJ says that you're ruining my life just because of her pants. And TJ says, you know what? Call off the wedding then. Like, this is ridiculous. Call it off. Um, but he knows that's, that won't happen because it'll, it'll make them look, it'll, it'll embarrass them if they do. Um, then he throws something at them. I don't even know. He kind of more aimed it at Yash, but he definitely was throwing it at the mom too. Dad then starts piping in a little bit because he's frustrated. Like, don't do that. Mom says, don't, don't say anything. <laughs> that's the most we got out of him. Um, and yeah, he walks out and mom says, this is chaos. Kind of clearly saying like she's brought chaos. So yeah, that is it for TJ and Kimberly for this week. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to Love Shop where you can get sorts of different things, whether it's for both you and your partner or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop and you can use our unique coupon code REALITYT2 to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P.ca and use our unique coupon code Reality 2, that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and the number 2. So next, we're with Julio and Kirsten. This is also very short. Not much here to talk about. But we are told by him that his mom told him not to leave. I'm going to have thoughts at the end of this. I'm just going to get through it and then I'll put my two cents in. He says that she told him that his brothers need him um, at home to keep them on the straight and narrow. So he's video calling Kirsten and she questions him on what happened after she left. After all, the pinky promised. Um, he says that after she left, um, his mom broke down and, and told him that she needs help at home and with his brothers. He feels like he's being pulled from each side. And he says he messed up. And she says to him that I believed you wanted to move. And he says, you can't put a timeline on these things. You yourself put a timeline on this. You told, you said to us, the viewer, and to Kirsten that you were going to be moving in three months. You put your own fucking timeline. Um, she doesn't think she can wait another year and she shouldn't have to. He says, well, then I guess we can just end it on that note. Are you fucking kidding me? That's how you break up with her. Let's just end it here. Freaking Sean Robinson style. We're not going to solve this today. Let's just leave this here. Are you like, are you kidding? I I'm absolutely floored. Um, she says, you're not sad. It feels easy for you. And he says, how do you know I won't go and cry after this? The fuck you will. Don't fucking tell her that you will. You know you won't. She knows you won't. We know you won't. You don't care. Um, and 
she says as much. She knows that he won't. And then she says, you're smiling. And he says, he, he feels hurt. But then he kind of starts laughing at her at one point. And she says, that's disrespectful. She starts crying even more than she was before. Um, and she feels that he's making fun of her. And he says, can we just end this? So cold and callous. Can we just end this? Um, he says that he is sorry. The fuck you are. She's hurt. And he thinks that they should just break up at this point. She says, so we won't talk again after this. Why would you want to talk to him after this? At this point, you're just holding on. And he says that he loves her, but that they have been living in a fantasy world for most of the relationship. And that's basically where it ends with them. So here's my thing. I have so many different points I want to talk about here. Number one, the mother. How selfish of you to not allow your son to live his life. If he does not want to live in the States permanently, you should be respecting his decision on that. I understand for so many years it was just you and him, but you are supposed to be living for him, not the other way around. And it's it's just, I find that so deplorable on her part. Um, I do understand that she was completely blindsided and that is on him, but you still have time to let this process and sink in. So do the work that you need to do to allow it to do that and then move on. Don't do this to him. That's so selfish of, of her to expect that of him. And, and then to say, oh, you know, your brothers need you. What is his older, but the, the youngest, the one after him is, old enough to be taken care of himself. And at this point, you should know right from wrong. So I'm confused. Why does he need to now be his brother's keeper? His brother's keeper. Why? But I, I'm, but I, I just, I don't, I didn't like that at all hearing her say that to him. It's not fair. You made your choice to move to the States I don't know what family situation you had, but you made that choice. Did anyone hold you back? Probably not. Sorry if you can hear my bird in the background. Um, but yeah, it's it just, it's, uh, I don't get it. And then on the other hand, you know, the callousness of him kind of saying, you know, we, you know, we should just break up. That is supposed to show he never cared for her really and truly. That should not be an easy decision to be making. And yet he made it so easily. Like he's been thinking about this. He's been looking for a way out and here it is. And, and then on the other hand, when he says at the end that they've been living in a fantasy world, all of their relationship, whose fault is that? Of course, you're living in a fantasy world because you never told anyone in your life besides your, your friend that you are in this relationship. So yes, you've been living in a fantasy world and that's your fault. I'm no one told you to not tell your family because maybe then it would have become a little more real for everybody involved. And then on the other hand too, with her, I feel for her. I wouldn't have even continued the conversation with him after the point where he said, let's just leave this here. Basically, I would have said, you know what? Fuck you. I wouldn't have even let him see my tears. It would have been over and done with. And it just, it would have been done. I wouldn't have bothered any further but i guess that's the end of kirsten and and julio for this season because i'm like where do we go from here and then this is the other thing that i have an issue with on on you know when it comes to mash heart productions this is not the other way this is i don't know what this is but this is not the other way because he never actually goes the other way if anything it's more 90 day OG because she came here. So why are they even on the show to begin with? But yeah, that's it for Julio and Kirsten for this week. 
So our last couple, Brandon and Mary. Okay, it's going to do it. So they're going to be seeing her old house, the one that got hit with the typhoon. Her brother actually started fixing the home. Um, we actually see some pictures from the damage from the typhoon. Um, then Brandon says that all the money he had is pretty much gone. Because again, he mentions that he sent a lot of the money over to help with building the house. So he doesn't have much left. He says that they have what is about 17,000 Philippine pesos, which equals 306 US dollars. Not a lot. She says that, you know, she can make some necklaces and sell them, but it won't be a whole lot. Um, he said he would help with that. Um, and he says, you know, we kind of need to figure this out a lot quicker than selling some necklaces. And he says, do you think we could ask your grandfather for like a loan? And then cue the just weird response from Mary, the reaction. Because she says they cannot do that. And he does ask why. And I honestly, at this point, when she says they can't do that, I would have left it at that. I would have said, you know what? Okay, cool. Don't question me when I say we're not asking and it's not going to happen. I, it should have ended there, but it didn't. Um, but anyway, he asks why. And she says that he doesn't have a lot of money. And don't depend on my grandparents because they have their own problems. And then she just starts crying. Okay, this is when they said, cue the weird response here. And saying that she doesn't want to ask for more because he already has sacrificed so much for her and I guess her brother as well. She starts kind of like hyperventilating again. We're seeing what happened before happening again at this point. She really is taking this too far. I say this, Brandon says this, says this, everyone watching the show says this. She's just taking this too far. She's crying. She just won't stop. And she's doing the hyperventilating thing that she was doing before. Basically, she's having a panic attack. I just don't know why she's having a panic attack. I really don't. Um, she says, he's old and you have to understand that. And he tells her to stop talking and calm down. He he says, can I say something? And he she says, yeah, sure. He's like, I'm not going to go to him with this. But then instantly she cuts him off and she starts saying, you know, he deserves to be happy. He sent me to college. Hold on to that. He's well, he says, well, to me, it sounds like you're the one that's stressing out because she says, like, I don't want to stress him. And he's like, you're the one stressed. Not, I'm not stressed. He's not stressed because he doesn't know anything about this. And he says that her reaction is too much. And he then says, I don't know what her grandpa makes. Not that that's any of his business, mind you. And he's like, I don't know what he spends his money on. Again, not his business. But I know it's not on the house. Okay, now we're going to start digging into the grandparents or something they have no control over. Um, Katie says, I did that. He says, I can, he's like, I can talk now. And then he says, he didn't pay for your college. You had a scholarship. That's right. That's what we were told by her, if anything. Not even by him. We were told that by her that she went to school on a scholarship and she interrupts him again. And she says, I meant for food. And he's like, I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about money. He didn't pay for you to go to college and he's not wrong. And then she says, in the States, you don't struggle like us. Now, before I even get into this, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this first. Um, 
do do I understand that Mary doesn't want to burden her grandparents with anything having to do with the bills and the home? I get that, but they are living in the home. I, I do understand like the tables have maybe turned here. She's trying to take care of them, but and like I don't live in my home for free. I have been putting money into my mother's pocket now since I've been working because I now have a full-time job and I can afford to contribute. That's what you you should do. And I'm not saying that they should be, you know, they should pay for everything in the home. That's not what I'm saying at all, but they should be willing to contribute. No one, I'm sorry, should be having to live for free. I I am again not saying that it needs to be a constant on her on her grandparents' part to help within the home, but they should help to some degree, whatever that degree may be. Um, if he's struggling, if they need to, to carry the weight for a bit until he gets his shit figured out and is able to contribute more on a permanent basis and more, you know, most of his money going to the bills or whatever, or Mary's and, and his money going towards the bills. I don't see the problem in that. You know, maybe that's me. I'm different because I, I can't, again, come from a household where you help out, you contribute, you don't live for free. Um, but again, every situation is different. So I just wanted to address that. But now this, when she talks about, you know, the you know, U.S. is a struggle like they do in the Philippines. Yes, it's a struggle different, 100%. The struggle is very different in every country. But this pisses me off because I've seen this in my own relationships where I've seen people, like example, my ex kind of say, oh, life is hard here in Jamaica. And there's no doubt life is hard in Jamaica. Getting and maintaining and keeping a job is very difficult in, in Jamaica. There's That's just the, the basics. Nine times out of 10, people are crammed into a home because they can't afford to live in a home by themselves. Um, so that's a basic thing. But it's not to say that we don't struggle here too. We just may struggle differently. But then there are people who don't have roofs over their head or don't have access to food or don't have access to, as she will say in a second, access to a toilet or a shower or anything like that. And our, you know, we have homeless here too. We have people here who struggle, who have to decide, do I pay uh, my light bill or my or my electricity bill, or do I put food on the table? It's just it's very different. So I think, unfortunately, from her perspective, it sounds very ignorant on her part because she's seen these American movies, and you see these people who live lavishly, and that's just that's not a true depiction of what it looks like in North America. Uh. And I didn't like her going, okay, you're not listening, so let me dig in. That's what it felt like as well. She was just trying to dig in a little more. It just wasn't necessary. He says that he has sacrificed a lot um, in order in order for her to have what she needs, especially. And he does say to her, listen, like, just because it's the States, do you think that we are great and we're rich and we're happy? And he said, it's not like that. And he says to her, I don't always have a roof over my head or food, but I always make sure I provide it for you. And she says she appreciate, appreciates that, but she says, you don't understand. And in her, in the moment, she says that, um, I know he suffered, but the States, they have government help like food stamps, but in her country, there are people who don't have a roof over their head or something to cook with or a toilet to use. And she does say that people will use the river as their bathroom. Um, and she says that he didn't experience the real struggle that people in her country have. So, again, 
this goes shows, shows her in, ignorance here. There are also people in the States and Canada, and I'm sure in Mexico, that do not have a roof over their head, are not even qualified for food stamps. We don't have food stamps in Canada. Um, we don't have that benefit here, but they don't have food. They're not even qualified to have food because in order for you to have food stamps, you need to provide an address. And if you don't have an address because you're homeless, you don't get food stamps. You have to rely on um, other places that have limited amount of food. And if you're not there when you need to be there, you miss out. There are people that need to get shelter who don't have shelters. And if you don't get there in enough time, you will not get a room or a bed, um, I should say. So I, this is not to put aside what her country has gone through. Not at all. because. I know, like, honestly, I would rather sleep under a bridge here in my country than to sleep out in the middle of nowhere in hers. You know? Not that either or is safe or a good option, but, you know, I get what she's saying. But don't take away from the fact that you think that everyone over here is living lavish lives and we are not. I am not. I'm thankful to have a roof over my head. And even her, she she doesn't even have those same struggles that these that what she's describing in her country. She does have a roof over her head. She does have a toilet to use and things to cook with. So I just don't understand. At the end of the day, they're having a discussion about how to deal with the money. How did it go from that to this? Anyway. They basically agree that they will not be asking her grandfather for any help. And he says that he will figure it out. And he says, you know, maybe we can use this as a learning experience. Sure. But that's it for Brandon and Mary. That's it for the episode this week. Next time on We're at a Gay Bar with Armando and Kenny. Wayne needs to tell Holly some stuff. He needs to come clean. Shekinah is leaving for Turkey. Her daughter is leaving for boarding school. Johan decides that he wants to wait um, and try naturally for a baby for maybe another four to five months. Sir, are you crazy? Are you, are you, if it hasn't happened in the last year and a half, what makes you think it's going to happen in the next four or five months? Think of it this way. That's what, another four or five cycles for you to try. All you're doing is wasting your time and Danielle's. I don't care about Danielle's time, but still, you know what I mean? Um, Kim decides that she cannot physically stay in that home anymore, and we see her leaving. I don't know if it's just her or if TJ goes with her, but yeah, that's basically it for this week's episode. So if you like what you heard, please follow Reality Tea Times 2 on any of your favorite podcast apps so that you don't miss a single episode. Please make sure you also share the podcast with everyone in your life. You can also rate and review us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to us on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by following us on either Facebook, Instagram, or threads at reality tea times two. You can also email us at reality tea times two at hotmail.com. We have a website where you can listen to all of these episodes, as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And that is at reality tea times com. All of that information will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. 
Bye. you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find our show notes just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software. <music>